Hey, what's up? Like, totally time for 90210. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome back to the 90210 show. My name is Mark. With me, as always, is my gobble-gobble girlfriend, Carol. <laughs> How you doing, Carol? Hey, what's up? Not much. It's been a good week here. Uh, happy late Thanksgiving, everybody. Uh, we did sort of tell everyone Thanksgiving wishes or whatever uh, last week, didn't we? Uh, I think so. <laughs> I don't know. Well, it is November 28th, 1997. And I thought maybe it would be a good idea... To talk about 90210. Considering it is the 90210 tape, I think that is a brilliant idea. Also, if anybody hears any voices on our recordings, <laughs> let us know. Yeah, that was weird. If you don't know what we're talking about, last time on Slayer Talk, our Buffy the Vampire Slayer tape, Carol claims that she heard some voice. Claims? You heard it too. I heard something. I don't know what it was. Well, I don't know what it was either, but it was fucking creepy. I still contend that it might have been the sound of you laughing or inhaling air or me. But you you were commenting that I reacted to it. You're like, you looked left. You looked right. You looked concerned. <laughs> like, And that's what I was reacting to. So it wasn't me. <laughs> We'll need to send the tape to some forensic experts. <laughs> right. Any any ghost hunters that listen to this? What about that, that old woman from Poltergeist? Oh, she's still around? Uh, <clears throat> what's her name? Oh, this house is clean or whatever, you know. You, you know Warren. Lorraine Warren? No. No? I don't know who that is. Uh, well, she's a famous uh, like paranormal investigator person. Oh, yeah, I'm not, you're more in that world than I am. I have no idea who that is. Mm-hmm. But, no, the... the I fictional think her, person, you're talking about yes, a fictional person. from the movie Poltergeist, <laughs> yes. I think her name's Edie something or whatever. She's the really tiny woman, very oh, short, yeah, you know, okay. even shorter than you. Mm-hmm. She's like, uh, <laughs> this house is clean now. I I think our our apartment house is fine. Our apartment? That was like last year. (laughs) That apartment's so last year, Carol. Yeah. You know what's not last year, though? Hmm. This. Hi, everybody. It's your favorite podcasters, Mark and Carol from Retro Leafy Podcast. Hey, what's up? We're just popping in here real quick to let you know about our Patreon Patreon.com slash Retro Late Fee. Do you love Retro Late Fee and just wish there was always more? Because there is more over there. We've got Back into the Future, where we talk about stuff from nowadays. Right. We've, we've got Lost in Time, One Day, One Year, and we record our thoughts on that like it's the regular podcast. Maybe what we'll do Shakespeare someday. Exactly. <laughs> and as a special for you guys... If we get 100 Patreon subscribers, Carol, tell them what they'll get. Some of you have asked about bringing back the mixtape. The mixtape is where we talk about music that's popular 25 years ago. And it was actually one of my favorite segments to make. So I would love it if you guys would subscribe so we can make it again. Yeah, if we get 100 Patreon subscribers, we will bring back the mixtape. So go to patreon.com slash retrolatefee. 
Help support us and this uh, beautiful creation that we put out for you every week. So we can keep making more and more episodes. Soon it'll be every day. All right, now back to your regularly scheduled program. Later. So, Carol. Yes. What an interesting episode of 90210. I don't know. I mean, it just, you know, exactly what we predicted was going to happen forever happened. It was, yeah, I guess. It was called Ticket to Ride. Yeah. She's got a ticket to ride. Brandon don't care. <laughs> so, uh. That crew cut don't care. What? Go ahead. Who, who doesn't care? Brandon. About? The ticket. Oh, the ticket. Yeah. Okay. So. I don't know. I don't understand why this episode is called Ticket to Ride. Well, I think it's because of, like you said, the lottery ticket, but also the riding away. Um, The ride. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I get you. But yeah. So Brandon and Keats buy a lottery ticket at the campus, which seems weird to me anyway. Like, why are schools selling lottery tickets? The school store is selling lottery Eh. tickets. I don't know. They must have a lottery license. I think, at least in this state, I don't know what it's like in California, but I'm pretty sure you have to have a license and whatever. I think there's some special procedures you have to go through to sell the lottery. Right. The lottery is technically administered by the state, each state. But Keats wants one, and Brandon's mocking her, which I think is weird. Yeah. Like, he he loves to gamble, so. You're a loser, Keats. (laughs) But they end up winning. Yeah, well, she gives her 50 cents. Mm-hmm. She only has 50 cents. So now they're splitting so they, this they ticket. They have to go 50-50 on it. And it's a $5,000 winner. Yeah, and then Brandon, like a moron, goes up and is like, oh, we'll take it in cash. Yeah. <laughs> what? What? First of all, the idea that they just have $5,000 right. in cash at that little shitty store. And then second of all, what else would he take it in? Yeah. I'll take it in ballpoint pens, please. $5,000 worth. Store credit? Well, you know, I mean, books are expensive. I guess. (laughs) I guess. Oh, I don't know. But yeah, so they have to go to the lottery office, which would be like some kind of a trip. And they're studying for... They're going to Van Nuys. Yeah. The closest one is in the valley. But they have to... Troglodytes. They have to study for some test or whatever first. Finals. Yeah. This is, it's finals. Yeah. The season's almost over. We're, we're at finals. So they're like, okay, we're going to hold on to this. We're going to get through our finals, and then we'll go to Van Nuys and get our $5,000. Right. However. Then we'll get, you know, we'll put on our side ponytails and go down to Van Nuys <laughs> with our leg warmers. Um, they misplace it. Like, totally. They totally misplace it. Right. Gag me with a spoon. That's the bad <laughs> Yeah, like, Keats is, like, playing with it at the peach pit, like, bending it back and forth it's and stuff. It's weird. Yeah, yeah, I don't like it. And, uh, apparently... I wonder what she does with Brandon. Oh, jeez. <laughs> that was a, a interesting place to go in your mind there. Ooh, the visuals. Um... <laughs> But then, like, she says something about he has the ticket, and he's like, no, you have the ticket, and, like, nobody has the fucking ticket, so... That's why I've never dated anybody that makes balloon animals. I'm too afraid of what they might do. Wow. Yeah! Wow. So, Keats are going back and forth with Brandon. (laughs) I'm sorry, I'm drunk. 
Um, no, that was last night. Keats and Brandon are going back and forth about the ticket, where it is, what are they going to do. Last place we knew we had it was the Peach Pit. Yeah, and they run in there like, we need to, you know, look at your trash. And he's like, oh, it's already been out, taken out to the dumpster. Yeah, Nat looks amused. Mm. And it's like, is it worth $5,000 to jump into a dumpster? I don't think so. Well, apparently, according to rich guy Brandon, it is. Would you? No. I wouldn't. I mean, there's, it's not, it's five, $5,000 would be great. But nothing, I mean, it would have to be life or death. Right. To jump in a dumpster. Because honestly, you could die. Yeah. You know all the fucking germs and bacteria. And Seriously. There could be sharp things in there. Like, yeah, any open sores at all. It'd be like jumping in the uh, Rouge River. Exactly. No, I I pass on that. But uh, Brandon got in. Yeah. Of course didn't find it. No. And Keats is just standing there watching. And like yelling at him. Yeah. Accusing him of being the one to lose it and everything. They start arguing with each other. It's a ridiculous situation, a ridiculous fight. And she's being kind of a stupid bitch. Yeah. Because obviously, like... He, even if he was the one that lost it, he didn't do it on purpose, but I'm pretty sure it was her. And he got in the dumpster. She should be thanking him and kissing his ass. Right. Well, after it's washed, but yeah. Right. <laughs> we, the last person we see holding it is her. Yeah. So. So who knows? Do you think they're going to break up now? Is this the end? No. <laughs> I don't. They they were talking, before they lost the ticket, they were talking about all the things they could do on their vacation with it. Right. We can go white water rafting, we can, whatever, I don't know. But I we guess... We can buy the world's ball of, biggest ball of twine. <laughs> I guess they're just gonna, I don't know, have a lame vacation instead. A lame-cation. Even well, though, you know, they're rich, so whatever. Is this partly where you fell asleep or whatever, since you don't seem to... to Remember the end of this storyline? Maybe. Did I fall asleep? I don't know. We I, had a couple of glasses of wine I, while we were watching this I last night. I so. don't know what happened, but this uh, this storyline had an ending. So Valerie's talking to, in a nice tight shirt, talking to Brandon. And she's flipping through one of his travel books and out pops the fucking tickets. Oh, okay. So they do have their $5,000 in the end. Good for them. So Brandon goes. It's like you're discovering it for the first time. That's great. So Brandon goes to the condor. And Keats is like, Walsh, get in here. And he's like, yeah. And she's like, look, I'm sorry. This was dumb. I'm usually not like this about money. They talk and apologize to each other and everything. And he's like, oh, so I guess you don't want this then. And he pulls out the ticket. And she's like, oh, my God, you found it. And they decide what they're going to do is donate it to charity. What the fuck? So that the money doesn't rip them apart, I guess. <laughs> they're going to donate it to a family whose house is burned down. I mean, that's very nice because they're right. They don't need it. But it's just like, why all the fucking drive? He got in a dumpster over that. Yeah. That's so stupid. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it was a dumb storyline and a dumb ending. <laughs> That's what happened. I was hoping they'd b- blow it all on heroin or something. Oh, my God. Come on now. At least keep it at cocaine. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I didn't want I didn't want it to. We, we already did a cocaine storyline. So. True. Speaking of the cocaine storyline. Yeah. 
um, Valerie and Colin uh-huh. are preparing for him to... Uh, I'm interested to see how, how much of this storyline you remember. <laughs> They're preparing for him to turn himself in the next day. Right. So he's packing and lamenting, and she's trying Acting to like be... like a real baby. ...supportive, and yeah, he's just an asshole. I hate him so much. I hate that he acts like he cares about her, he doesn't care about her at all. He keeps calling Kelly mm-hmm. and not saying anything. Kelly's mom's house. Somehow he knows she's at her mom's house. No, her mom was at her house. No. Really? Yes. She was at her mom's house, and then she went back to the the beach house because at one point she comes back to her mom's house, and she was like, maybe I moved home too soon. And like at one point, what's her name? Tori Spelling comes in, Donna, and she's like, oh, I didn't know that you were back already. I would have changed my plans if I'd known that. Yeah. So she was staying with her mom after the Tara incident. Right, that makes sense. Now she's moved back to the, the beach house. So, yeah, somehow he knew she was there. Because hmm. he's stalking her. I guess. Maybe he heard it through, heard it through the grapevine. <laughs> yeah, he calls and, like, her mom answers and he doesn't say anything all creepy. Doesn't even breathe heavy. I think that's good. I think that's some points in the Colin column to not breathe. The Colin column. Because that said some pretty creepy shit. Why have we not been talking about the Colin column this whole time? (laughs) I don't know. He's about to go away, too. So missed opportunity. Um, They go to actually, you know, turn him in. He's driving, which I think was a stupid idea. I said it was a stupid idea, and you said it was a great idea (laughs) because it's his last... His last thing of freedom. We were talking about. Well, yeah, and he feels like he's in control then. But the problem it's a, it's is that he idea. can't be trusted to yeah. be in control. It's only a stupid idea because we we had an idea of what was going to happen. So he drops her off and says he's going to go park. Go get my lawyer. I'll park. But he never comes back. No, he just takes off. He stole her car. Like he, that's the worst part. Like he's he's running out on his bail. Mm-hmm. That she put up. Yep. And he stole her car. Like, Correct. Could he be any more of a dick to her? No. After she gave him a last meal mm-hmm. and some last sex. Right. Before the, the his cellmate will give him some sex. <laughs> his last consensual sex for two years. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, he got all freaked out because he saw some prisoners like chained or whatever. Like, yeah, that's going to happen. Sorry, right. man. And Don't uh, do the cocaine and running from the police if you can't do the time. Right. What a fucking moron. He should have just sat there. What an idiot. Yeah. So, so where does he go? Well, yeah, he he goes to Kelly's. Yes, but, he does. He knows she's back at the beach house somehow. But um, Valerie is there like with the lawyer and the bounty hunter bail bondsman dude. Right. And they're like, you need to find him. You need to find him because if you get him back within like 24 hours, it won't be so bad or something. Yeah, she's like, she's like, I've never needed better legal advice now. Lawyer that I'm paying thousands of dollars an hour to, uh, what should I do? And he's like, two words, find Colin. Right. Duh. Thanks. <laughs> Couldn't have figured that out on my own. And then, and like the bondsman's like, I really don't want to have to go find him or run a club. Right. I love how he thinks instead of selling it, he just runs. Then it just changes his business. Right. Oh, God. 
But yeah, so she she's in trouble, and the I think the cops are saying that she's not going to be in trouble legally. Right. She'll be in trouble with the for the bond. But I think what the cops are saying is if he turns himself in soon, we'll kind of overlook it. But if he's gone for a while, then we're going to charge him with resisting arrest and shit too. Like, is uh, it? It's not a resisting arrest, absconding or something. I think I don't know. Yeah, whatever. I don't know what it's called. But, yeah, I don't know if she's going to... I think she might be too deeply in denial to really realize where he went to be able to find him. She, well, again, this uh, I guess you fell asleep. She, oh, does, go, she does go to <laughs> Kelly and ask her. She does? Yes. <laughs> okay, how's that go? <laughs> we should do drunk uh, now, two and every time. Yeah, no shit. Well, first of all, first of all, he goes to, to Kelly and he's like, I want to talk to you. You wanted to talk to me. You called me. She's like, yeah, to say goodbye. But you didn't want to talk to me. Because he, he, Valerie answered the phone and he was like, no, I don't want to talk to her. Because he was wise enough to not admit it in front of Valerie. But he was like, oh, do you still love me? And she's like, no, I don't. <laughs> not in the way you're talking about. I still mm-hmm. care about you, but not in the way you're talking about. And he's like, I need a friend. And she's like, look, just go or whatever. He asks to be invited in like he's a vampire. Right. And she says no. So then he leaves. And later Valerie comes by because she's looking for him. She's like, look, I just, I wondered if he stopped by here. And she, she says he didn't call. And then she's like, when she says, did he stop by? She goes wrong again. She's just, so she lied. Mm-hmm. And then Valerie, I think, kind of realizes it. And she's like, you know. She says, you're, you know, you're covering for him or whatever. And she's like, I don't have to say anything to you about, you know, whatever. And she's like, I'm in a a lot of trouble here, Kelly. And she goes, I'm going to lose my club and everything I've worked so hard for. And Kelly goes, I hope he runs and runs and runs. (gasps) Wow, that is such a terrible thing to say. Yeah. And then she shuts the door on her. Wow. Why does she hate Valerie so much? I don't know, but she's a bitch. Yeah. Do you think he's ever going to come back? I think eventually they'll find him because I don't think they could have the Peach Pit After Dark run by a bail bondsman. (laughs) That would be funny. What a selfish prick. Yeah. And what other storyline do we have? Anything going on with the... Donna and David and Joe, I like, I remember that they were in the episode. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't remember they why. Were, they were in the episode. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> yeah, they, um, they have their finals. Joe's starting up football again. And Donna and David are listening to a bunch of different artists from the the one company they're working with to get some ideas for music videos they're going to shoot. So Joe, and Joe mentions he he recently had that surgery, which did that, what? This is just like talking about this episode with someone that's never seen it. (laughs) But he mentions that he recently had the surgery. 
They they talk about it, yes. Did that happen like just completely off screen? Because I don't yeah. remember like Yeah, there was no scene where they opened his chest up. <laughs> but there was no scene where they were at the hospital or talking about oh he's about to have surgery or he's coming out of surgery. Like they didn't do any of that, right? Like it's it was implied, but yeah, it was off screen. Yeah, because it just it was kinda of surprising to me and she's like, Oh, you know, you're just recovering from heart surgery. Like, what? Okay. Anyway. Uh huh. Do you think he's gonna die still? No. Okay. I want him to go away, though. I know you do. I don't necessarily need him to die, but he needs to go. We all want him to go away. Don't worry. <laughs> but he's upset again. Because, because Donna and David are. And she's paying attention to this music stuff and everything. Not paying attention to him. He needs the world to revolve around Joe. He's a giant baby. Right. Do not like him. So then they go to a party at a club. And they, he kind of gets what he wants, sort of, I think. Because Donna is there with her cornrowed hair. Looks yeah, that looks awful. <laughs> and David and Joe. And this attractive black woman walks up to Joe. And she's like, hey, you're Joe, whatever his last name is. And he's like, yeah. And she's like, I'm a... a California University alumnus, and I love football, so I, I'm, like, your biggest fan. And she's talking about all this football stuff and everything. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, cool, or whatever. And Donna and David are talking to the guy, and I, I guess she's she's an executive at Warner Records. Oh, yeah. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to take these guys to talk to, I don't know, some other record company, Atlantic or whatever. And she's like, oh, you're going to play them against you? What? Who is this guy? I thought this guy worked for a record label himself. I thought they signed Power Man 5000. Yeah. Is he an agent? What is going on? I do not know. I guess maybe he's a talent agent. That makes sense. But he said that these are the hottest producers, you know, right now in the music industry. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to, they're going to go to the highest bidder, essentially. But then Joe later, after the party, he's talking to Donna, and he's like, you know, at that party, everybody only wanted to talk to me about football. It's like, my whole life revolves around football. What if I didn't have football anymore? I think I should find out what it's like to not have football or whatever. That's what he says. Okay. That's weird. I don't know where they're going with this. Stupid. Yep. I don't really care about Joe or his storyline. Yeah. Oh, this is so fun. (laughs) I'm glad you're having fun, dear. And then there's one last storyline. Claire and Steve. Yep. And the prince. And the prince. Princes, princes who adore you. I don't remember much about that one. (laughs) I remember talking about uh, cufflinks. I remember that. You know, that that could be a a phrase for, you know, their whole relationship there. Holy fuck. (laughs) finger cuffs so that was it yeah yeah. so the prince is still in town Mm -hmm. and he and steve are becoming best friends they're playing racquetball together they're going to strip clubs together oh yeah he let claire drive his car so that he could go off with the prince it was a big deal the prince is planning some huge bash for steve's 21st birthday party because he didn't get to have 
a uh, well, who's turned on the radio? He didn't get to have a party that he wanted. Like uh-huh. his party was all like stuffy political shit. So he's throwing like a rager for Steve. Right, exactly. So we'll see. I think that'll be fun. Yeah. So, but what happens is Steve is, they, they're going to some places where they can scout out things for Steve's party. They're going to go to Long Beach for some reason. And he's talking on the phone to Claire about it, or he's at Claire's place. That's right. He stops by Claire's place mm-hmm. to give her pearl a pearl necklace. Not the dirty kind, mm-hmm. but an actual pearl necklace. Right. For all the shit that he did to her. He said, for all the frogs I put in your dress, for all the spiders I crushed in your sandwiches. Which is an awful, awful, I was awful like, what thing. What the fuck? She goes, You put spiders in my sandwiches. That's she so doesn't look awful. disgusted enough. Yeah. Like that, that was not the appropriate reaction. Like she should have punched him in the face. Who cares if he gave her a necklace? Ooh. Right. But he seems very flirty and everything. And we're kind of speculating now that maybe they didn't have sex. But he he definitely but wants he to. He always wanted to and like he really wants to now. Yeah. Um So Steve's on the phone and he's like, "Oh yeah, you know, Long Beach is cool. I'm coming. I'll be there." Uh the camera very helpfully shows us some socks that he dropped on the the stairs. So when he walks down, he slips on these socks, and it looked like, you know in uh, Psycho, when that guy falls down the stairs, and it's very, it looks staged, the the camera angle is very up close, and it makes it look surreal, mm-hmm. which adds to the, the tension and the, um, you know, the kind of creepiness of the movie. Well, they kind of do that here, only from behind, but it looks ridiculous instead. <laughs> he looks like he's on a ride, or like his his legs are are secured in, but he can freely move the top of his body, and maybe that's how they did it. I don't know, but it looks ridiculous. It looks like a cartoon falling down the stairs. Yes. Like, he doesn't slip and fall and hit his back like you would. So he falls on the thing, and he's still on the phone with... Claire, and he's like, I'm, I'm hurt. I'm hurt bad, Claire. <laughs> he's like laying on his face, though. He probably is hurt bad. That looked like a bad fall. It was. It was. It looked like a ridiculous, not real fall. Yes, but, I mean, he's laying at the bottom of the stairs. In real life, it would have been a bad fall. Yes. So, they go to get him, I guess. All this happens off screen. Next time we see him, he's in a fucking brace around his neck and jaw. His jaws wear shut. So all he can do is talk like this, and he can only, like, have soup or drink things. Poor Steve. <clears throat> yeah, that happened to um, Greg Anthony uh, when he was in the uh, playing for the University of Nevada mm-hmm. when they won the champion, the NCAA championship. And what's funny is he got his jaw wired shut, and he continued to play the rest of the season in that kind of horrific pain. I think he said he lost like 18 pounds or something like that. Because you can't eat. You can only drink liquids. It's, it's hard to get any kind of calories that way unless you're, you're literally pureeing food and stuff. which <clears throat> Or drinking like melted ice cream or something right. like that. Which most people aren't going to want to do. So, <clears throat> At least he can still uh, drink at his birthday party through a straw. 
Well, who knows? They might delay the birthday party until yeah. he's healed. I'm sure. I mean, I think a wired jaw takes like about three months to heal, but I guarantee you that they're not going to uh, keep him in this thing for that long. Yeah. But- and the next episode will be fine. It'll be like, some angels came down. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, him being out of commission might, you know, give the prince a little more of a... Well, I think that's kind of why they did this. Yeah. Lead in here. Correct. Yeah. Claire's prince- not going to cheat on him, though. The prince is like, hey... Steve can't use his mouth anymore, but I can. Right. Ew. Yeah. He seems like a creep. Yeah. I I, I really hope Claire doesn't do something stupid. Me too, because that would be... We don't want their relationship to break up. No, I think they're like the ones that are going to make it. I hope so. But anyway, that is the episode, Carol. It is. Uh, was it revealing to you? Did you, <laughs> you learn some things about it? Yeah, thank you so much for the uh, education. All right, well, uh, tell the people things and then we'll go. You can write us at latefee1994awl.com. Yes. Check out our website at www.retrolatefee.com mm-hmm. and share the tapes with your friends. All right, we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.